0: a dose of hope.com. Just wanted to mention this episode was recorded earlier, and as our audience grows, we just wanted to share some of the value from our earlier episodes. Today's guest, Sean Anthony, at a young age knew what it took to stand out from the crowd. At the age of 14, he became a serial entrepreneur by collaborating with others to host his own events, bringing people together by the thousands. He always found himself in situations where he collaborated with peers to help them reach a goal or serve a cause. Later in life, Sean's ability to collaborate and facilitate was identified by corporate leaders who elevated him to various leadership positions where he was promoted six times in four years. As the host of Schools Over, Now What?, the podcast, and as the lead mentor at the Now What Academy, Sean serves students and professionals across the world who are stuck in their situations. He uses his gift to bring together industry leaders Share their stories and wisdom. His mission is to help others identify their gifts, create roadmaps to success, and offer practical advice and motivation to complete the journey. Sean Anthony is a go getter and shares his story of corporate success, but wanting something different. And when he looked at the podcast world, no one looked like him. He wanted to help others like him find success. So he started Schools Over Now What, the podcast. And he's interviewed successful celebrities and created Many successful collaborations. Sean, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I'm looking forward to a great conversation and learning so much from you.
1: Absolutely, man. I'm excited to be here, man. And always good to, to talk to a fellow podcaster.
0: <laughs> thank you. Well, so obviously, I think most people know your story. You know, starting out at 14, learning from your brother, and kind of the promo gig, right? Hosting parties. Um, what what motivated you to obviously the money motivated you some, but what else drove you to, to, to just take that initiative and, and start doing that on your own?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of like when you're like a young, young person hanging around older people, right? Whether you're a young person in sports, hanging around better athletes at some point, you're going to begin to become an athlete. Right. And, and for me, hanging around those guys and, and kind of see how they were, were maneuvering and marketing and advertising and getting people excited. It just wore off on me. And I w- and I wanted to create that same, you know, that same type of process for myself.
0: Nice. So in those early days, it was really like a promotional gig, right? Obviously, you got to create the party, but it's really about how do you get people to the party?
1: Yes, it's it's about how you get people to the party, but also like like how you get people excited to, one, come out, right? Excited to, one, come out, and then, two, create an experience for them when they are out so that they come back, especially with the parties. Like we were doing like three parties a week. We were doing parties Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, every single week um and as you can imagine that takes some type of excitement you got to constantly keep building whether it was steaming them but the funny thing about it man is that now when i think about it a lot of those things i was doing is, is also the same process in business you're trying to get people excited about your product you're trying to get people excited about your brand you're trying to get them to buy back from you all of that falls in the same line of it in the promotion
0: well and just yeah just thinking about the theme or the who's the guest right who's the Who's the big draw, the big attraction? Um, And obviously that making connections, you know, kind of became your thing in the promo biz. And then of course that led to the podcast connections that you've made.
1: Absolutely. I think what it did though, it built like this. Uh, almost like a fortitude where you were like, you, like you weren't going to like take no for an answer because I think about, you know, from 14 to, you know, college, I went off to college and I was throwing parties too, to everyone left. And I, I think, I think what it really built inside of me was that I'm not afraid to go after, you know, anybody. I remember being 18 years old, uh, flying, like like just running down shuttles where artists were at, just trying to get them on camera to say something. You know, that that all all of those things just kind of builds like this audacity in me to keep asking people to do things.
0: (laughs) Nice. All right. So I'm going to ask a question that maybe maybe hasn't been asked. How did you host these parties and get involved in this party scene and yet avoid the negative side of the party scene and the path that could lead you, obviously, away from success?
1: That's a good question, man. I, well, I, I was surrounded myself. If you saw how I moved in high school, uh, how I moved in college, you would have thought I had security guards because all of my friends were like six foot five, six foot whatever. They were all bigger than me. Uh, so the cool thing about that is it kind of elevated the presence that that you weren't really going to get so close uh, and everyone can pretty much hold their own. And, and, but we, we stayed away from the nonsense. Obviously, you know, there are certain times where you'll have, you know, things go wrong and, you know, there might be a fight or there might be something that has activity that goes left, but you're still protected by the group of people you hang around. Uh, so I think by far that, that helped me a whole lot. And we were so business savvy. We were never party savvy. So, like, people come to the party, they come to the party to kind of relax, enjoy, have fun. That was never us. We were trying to figure out how much money was coming in the door, who was paying to get VIP, how much was the bottles being charged, are we filling up every section? Um, so, keeping that, you know, that business acumen, even in that process, definitely helped.
0: Nice. I mean, obviously, that you know, the, the people at the party, and I like that you distinguish yourself from Hey, these people are here to party. They're doing their thing, but we're we're focused on the business. We don't have time for that nonsense. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're all we're all the way in. You know, there might be one or two songs that catch your attention, but that's the only time you might get off focus. Other, other than that, you're all the way in.
0: Nice. I one of the things that you've mentioned uh, a couple times is that you had both parents at home. And how did your parents feel about you guys hosting parties?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of came with the territory. I, I think with my brother, I mean, it, it, he he started when he was 18. So unlike me, you know, he had already, you know, got out the house, you know, so he had started when he was 18 and came big at it. I, I think what they always recognized was the entrepreneurs uh, that, that that was that was in us, you know, that we were true, you know, entrepreneurs and wanted to really make something happen, you know, that, that seemed, you know, uh, abnormal to some. You know, I was talking to my mentor, uh Matthew Knowles, who's Beyoncé's dad, literally over the weekend, and he said to me, you know, uh, what what you might be dealing with is first generational popularity. I ain't never heard that before, <laughs> but I mean, but but it makes so much sense, right? Where, where you got to really stay focused because those small things could throw you off.
0: Absolutely. So, what impact do you think it made in your life and and obviously your brother's success and your success? That that you had both parents
1: at home. Oh man, yeah. Oh man, it made a huge impact, you know, because because I, I can't now I think about it. There's not really too many of my friends who had both of them. Like you'll get at least one, you know. But but having both, it lets you realize that hey, it's possible. Uh, it makes you look at it and say, okay, I can create this in my own life. Uh, but but they both were too, two, you know two special people in their own way. You know, my mom was a, a financial analyst for a huge company, a corporate one. So she did a whole bunch of states. Uh, my dad is a, a former professional bodybuilder. Uh, so like they, they come from completely two different lanes, but they both were champions uh, in their own outright.
0: Nice. So obviously building an audience is kind of, you know, where you started, right? Building a, a, an audience around um, the party scene. Uh, how did that transition, you know, when you went into the digital space?
1: <laughs> well, it, it, think about it. It's, it was completely two different, completely different crowds, you know, it, 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 but, but the process was the same, like the process of, of trying to attract it and, 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 you know, accumulate uh, to, to inspire, to create a, a community around that process will always forever remain the same. But the audience was completely different. You know, that was like, it's like a, you know, you don't like, you, you don't just start partying, just slap headphones on and start listening to podcasts. say it's, it's a completely different uh, audience. But I would say the process of knowing how to get something to work stayed the same. And for me, I spent like the first, you know, 30 days almost like transitioning my social media with my social media. It went from, you know, party scene, party scene, you know, even from party scene, party scene to like me stepping into me you know, and fully going all the way in and kind of say, Hey, look, this is what I'm about to do. And then I started to like get like a little bit of audience. People say, okay, he's on a positive, he's on something different. And then I introduced the podcast. So it wasn't like, Hey, I went from parties and was like, boom, here comes the podcast. Cause that would have never worked. I took the time to kind of really separate myself and kind of show everyone what I was about to do.
0: Now let's talk about your, that transition because, because really you changed your purpose, right? You changed, um, you know, you completely changed direction. Can you share a little bit about why you made that transition and, and what was behind it?
1: Yeah, man, one was longevity, you know, like you, you alluded to it earlier. There was a lot of parties I threw that that, that, that either end in two ways. You can, you can be on top of the party game and have like one bad night, someone can lose their life, and, and, and the club is over. There's no coming back from that. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And, you know, in some of those spots, something goes wrong. Someone loses their life. That nightclub, that revenue, all that is done. Uh, and for me, I paid attention to everybody that I was influencing in that lifestyle. And I saw them graduate. I saw them go back home. I saw them struggle, not know what to do, what they wanted to do, not knowing what they wanted to do with their life. And I realized I had learned a skill set that was transferable. You know, and that skill set was transferable to the corporate world where I excelled in management. I was promoted like six times in four years. Like nobody could see me because I was already thinking ahead of them, you know, but it transferred. And then I realized that my friends, they needed help, too. They need they to know what to do next. And that led me to creating Schools Over Now What the podcast.
0: Nice. And so now your why as for Schools Over
1: Now, what is? Oh, the why now is because now giving people access to information they would never got. You know, like, 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 like I I could imagine it, you know, I I, when I was when I stumbled across podcasting, I took a job that took me six hours away from my family and I literally stumbled across the app. So I was listening to like my let Chris drama path, Evan Carmichael. And I said those names respectfully because they've all been on my show. You know, but I was listening to them. and I was like, they don't look like me. They don't sound like me, but there's people that I can impact, but I can also help by bringing them on and sharing their knowledge with a whole different community, you know? And I think that's what the the, the goal and focus is now is that I'm showing you that it's possible and giving you insights to people that who may be big, and are all outright, but people may have never seen them who look like I do. They can benefit from them.
0: Mm, So nice. So, So let's talk about creating an experience as a podcaster Obviously that, that party scene experience is one thing, but what, what was your focus in creating an experience in your podcast?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a the podcast is a, it's a journey, right? Like, like a that experience. It's like, okay, how can we talk about a little bit about your life before you, you know, became who you are? Like, how can we get to a moment that really shifted you and changed you? But most importantly, how can we answer the question that everybody's asked themselves? Right, school's over now. What, like, what do I do? Like, as people who are, are graduating in the spring or graduating, maybe even during the holiday break, it, 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 as soon as they cross their stage, their mom and grandma, or somebody, hey, what's what you going? What you? What are you going to do next? Now, what are you going to do? Right? And I think everyone, th- everyone thinks that, you know. So I, I think, I think that for me is all in the art of storytelling. You know, and, and really trying to figure it out because a lot of these people who do podcasts, they don't get really talk about that particular part of their life, right? They kind of talk about you know some things that might have, you know, not worked out the way they wanted it to, a company that went bad, but very rarely do they really go into like education and like okay, this is what really got me to this, or this is what really didn't help me at all.
0: <laughs> but there is there's definitely a, a, a disconnect, right? Right being able to look back at your story. Um, I think for many, it's it's changing that story that they're telling themselves in the past. Right. Helping people change the story of I'm not worthy. You know, I don't deserve this or I'm not good enough to to do that or that that person would never meet with me or or talk to me. How how did you deal with? Obviously, you had some audacity from (laughs) your party experience, but but how did you deal with helping people change their story?
1: Yeah, I I I think um I, I I think I think for me in terms of like changing your story it really came down to um realizing what what the benefit was of them telling that story. You know, like 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 a lot of times if if, if some of the things that are the most hard for us to talk about are the things that people need to hear. You know, and it's almost like okay, me too or I can go through this. But also too, you got to think about it for me like I'm not I'm not based out of L.A. I'm not based out of New York. And I move a lot now. I move a lot, but I'm not based out of these places. I'm not based out of Atlanta. You know, to be from North Carolina, you know, and and to move and network the way I have, that shows somebody else, whether they're in a small town or wherever they're at, that is possible. I think that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, I like, uh, you know, Travis Chappelle's quote was, you know, if they're breathing, I can get them on my show. So... (laughs) I think one. you have a similar similar audacity that that you know oh, yeah. if they're alive I can I can make it happen.
1: I would but agree you with you on that. You did it
0: obviously pre-covid you did it a little differently um and and obviously that took some resources that took some some energy to to be willing to meet people where they were. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how did what how, how did that come about?
1: Yeah, I I I saw well The first time I traveled um, was to Laguna beach was for my last first time I traveled. And and it it came because people kept tagging us. They kept tagging us in our Instagram stories saying it was their favorite podcast, their top five. And I shared it one day and he slid in my DM. And I was like, I, I was like, he slid in my DM and he was like, Hey, let's make it happen. You know, and I thought it was just like some robot, some bogus thing or whatever. And he gave me, you know, his direct contact, you know, and we set it up and he was like, Hey, come to the house, gave me the address. And I was saying to myself, I was like, you know what? And all the people to, to, to kick this thing off with and, and really start flying to, you know, this, this might, this would be the guy, you know. So, so that, that kind of kicked it off there, you know. And there was a time prior to that when I was in Times Square when I interviewed uh, Mims, uh, which was my first in person interview. Uh, that was in New York. Um, he had like the number one song in the world, 2007, called This Is Why I'm Hot. That's when I realized, okay, I could do this for real, for real. But but the first person I was scheduled to actually get on the plane and fly to uh, was definitely uh, Ed Milet, which followed by a whole lot of other people.
0: So that that trip from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina to Laguna Beach, what?
1: Uh... Oh, that, oh, that that trip was from uh, I chose from like uh was it from Greensboro. I was from Greensboro, yeah, from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, Rocky Mountain's where I'm born at, man. But 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 you said what was that? What was that flight like? Well,
0: not just the flight, but but the whole experience, right? Oh like- man,
1: it's game changer. It's a game changer. You gotta think about it. Like like I, I I literally uh took myself out of a room to being on a beach with sand, a private beach at that, all off my voice and just talking to somebody. You know, so that, that's that's a way different game changer. It shows you what, what's possible. Um, and sometimes proximity what Ed taught me the most. Uh, proximity uh, changes everything. You know and having that proximity being on the couch that i saw all these superstars on and i just just seeing his energy in person it showed me what I could do
0: well and just the, the experience of of his place right like oh, yeah. you've elevated yourself to a, to a whole new level to to walk into to ed Milet's you know house and just <laughs> be like you know hey you're, you're 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 part of this community you're part of my family
1: yeah I met his uh, I met his daughter i remember um I remember when I walked into his house is everything he think it would be like is is way better um uh, i just i just remember um I remember getting there early and I remember knocking on the door and then I, I saw people in there, but no one came to the door so I, so me and my guy who was with me, the camera guy rolled with me we walked out we walked up right back upstairs and the next thing you know, I heard this loud voice almost like a movie man. He was like, Yo, come down here. And it was him. And he, he was standing at this tall door. He almost looked like like, like the rock, man. Um, he said it was everything you can imagine. And then, then we walked towards him, there were other like celebrities leaving his house. They were just all in there, just leaving his house. He was like, Hey, you remember this guy? And I was then I was like, Yeah, I remember him. And literally, like two nights before, he was like on ESPN's 30 for 30 or something. But um, but it was everything, man. It was everything, and I, I think. For me, seeing that he's like, hey, okay, where, where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to do the interview at? And I was like, yo, take me to this couch I've seen all on YouTube. Like, it took forever to get to that couch. It took forever. Like, it took it's a like long time to the airport. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, it was like staircase, 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 staircase. Okay, we're finally here. You know, and it, 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 so but it took a long time to get there, which no one probably knows unless you've been there. That's a long time.
0: <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So. Besides it's obviously, there's a big impact because that was the first and and opened you know so many doors, but whose place surprised you the most or or did you enjoy the most?
1: Uh, that's hard as that? it, it's um let's see well it, it, it depends on where you're at like like I remember well dave Meltzer when i when I very first met him and i've and I've worked with him multiple times now um I did the podcast at his house and after the after the podcast is over. His wife had the most amazing fried chicken you can imagine. Like, whatever you think fried chicken tastes like, it shocked me. And I just saw them recently, like two weeks ago in L.A., and I still bring it up. (laughs) It was one of the most amazing uh, fried chickens of all time, man. Uh, I remember eating it. And at this particular time, like, I'm not scared of dogs, but I'm cautious of dogs that aren't mine. And, and, uh, his dog was literally sitting on my lap while I was trying to eat it. But at the same time, I wasn't going to say anything. So I just played cool, (laughs) but not even asked him, but yeah, great, great guy, great family. Uh, they, they were definitely uh, one of my favorites.
0: Nice. That's awesome. I, I love, I mean, obviously I think food is, is a powerful, you know, sitting around a table so much, so much good can happen, right? When you're enjoying a meal together, um, Coffee isn't quite the same, right? If you sit across from somebody, have coffee, that there's too much, too much business-like. Yeah. But, but when you have food, there's food involved. Um, I think great things can happen. So, so that's yeah. But but here's the
1: thing about this food, man. That that food was so spectacular. I was at uh, Roof Chris with Dave, his wife, uh, a couple other people in LA, uh, literally probably about two weeks ago, and I would have still chose that fried chicken over that Roof Chris steak. There
0: you, tell. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. Obviously, you mentioned Matthew Knowles. You mentioned his mentoring you. What, mm-hmm. what is the power of mentorship?
1: Man, man, it changes the game because you don't know it all. And even though no matter how good you might think you are, no matter how good you might think you know, your advice is, sometimes you just need to have somebody hear you out and just you know, and just give you some advice. You know, and Some of the things he says to me sometimes is, I'll say something, and then he'll respond. He'll be like, how can I help? And then it's like, all right, this is how you can help. Like, I don't know what to, like, I don't know what to do on this part. Like, you know, but it, it's being vulnerable at the same time. You will find out more about them and things that you can constantly keep helping them with. You know, so I I think mentorship changes the game. You got to find some people that you admire that you feel vulnerable enough to to tell it all to. You know, and, and let them you know be your sound bites. You know, when you screw up or your sound bites when you're trying to figure things out.
0: Nice. So you mentioned finding those people, how would you recommend somebody be looking for a mentor or or if they know who they want, you know, how do they get into that circle?
1: Yeah, I think it goes both ways. I think I think at the same time, as much as you're looking for a mentor, you gotta find a person who's who's just as, as attracted to you as a human being and what you're doing in life that that's that 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 that, that naturally falls in line. You know, that's the part where people are pretty, pretty much don't talk about is that at the end of the day, yes, it's cool to find a mentor, but how many people have mentors who actually genuinely w- like what they're doing and want to help them? You know, there's a difference between a mentor and a paid coach. You know, that's a that's a completely different ball game. You know, a mentor is someone who genuinely wants to help you. You know, a, a paid coach, you can go get plenty of them. they <laughs> go get you go get plenty of them. You know what I mean, but 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 a, a mentor is someone who genuinely wants to help you uh who, who who likes what you're doing that you can, you know, can be vulnerable with.
0: Mm. So good. Well, and I like that you mentioned that you need to be finding people that you can be given back to as well, mm-hmm. right? Mentoring, Absolutely. mentoring down so that, so that you're sharing your value.
1: Absolutely. It can't be all one, it can't be all one side. there got to be something they need help with on uh, that You got to be good at, I mean, you're not paying them. <laughs> well, and, and,
0: and really that's kind of what your clubhouse room is, has turned out. Into right because your podcast, you're interviewing, you know, big names, you're doing a lot of sharing a lot of great information. But, but in the clubhouse, you're building an audience of people, um, as a mentor,
1: absolutely, man. You know, interesting about clubhouse, you know, people always ask, okay, you're, you're on clubhouse, and, and, and in the very beginning, um, I probably could have went way harder, but I was just so limited uh on time so what what i noticed really quickly though with clubhouse is that when i was speaking you know heavily you know people were gravitating towards it you know they were they were following they were you know it was one of the quickest rapid you know if you if you would have asked me in 20 in 2021 at uh, what 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 is one platform and maybe a little bit of a 2020 a little bit too the end of 2020 what is one platform i wish i put more time into at In the beginning stages it would have been clubhouse you know now it's a little bit different but they're working on certain things that you know can get people constantly listening to you and replays but what i'm doing on clubhouse man is really don't you know, take everything i learned and say hey look here you go you know you do what you want to do with it but but here you go and and, and seeing who's receptive of it um, and, and it seems like people are liking it but at the same time i'm trying to still figure out how often I want to do it. I'm like, all right, let me, should I scale back a little bit? Should I just do two times a month? You know, because there's some times where people, you got to realize it takes preparation to do those things, you know, and and you just alluded to it when you're giving back, you're giving back. At some point you gotta, gotta take care of yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But, but you've created quite a community on clubhouse. And, and I know there's been folks mentioning that, that, clubhouse is going to take away podcasting what what do you Uh, think that's not that's
1: impossible uh it's impossible they've gotten really good though i think that i think the best feature they've ever added and i haven't heard anybody talk about it uh maybe i'm not having enough rules but the best feature they've ever added that could be scary for podcasters was the replay because i'm doing a replay i'm like hmm see okay i missed this rule okay let me go you know, cause I'm still a student of the game, you know, like, like I never claim to know it all, but I claim to constantly be learning. And somebody might say something I never heard of. So I'm like, oh, OK, you know, but I think that 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 was to me the best feature. Had a replay feature been out when it very first came out, we might be having a totally different conversation right now. You know, they took so long to get to it that the people now that, who are liking it and discovering it are just natural students of the game.
0: Yeah, one of our one of my uh, guests, previous guests, she was recording her uh, clubhouse room and then using that on on Facebook and and got some real power with that. And I think that maybe that's some of the hints that led to them <laughs> adding a replay option.
1: Man, listen that replay, man, because I, I think about this all the time. People say, okay, my my club podcast took revealed now has over thirty nine thousand members. Um, and, and back in my mind, I said to myself. If they could only hear what the, some of those old memes was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, like because because it was just because in the beginning stages of clubhouse, let me tell you like how, how much clubhouse has changed in the beginning stages of clubhouse, I would open that room. I was the only one talking about podcasting. so 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 I know there's like other podcast clubs, but they weren't doing it like like we were doing a podcasting Series, I'll be always honest. like I had because like, I know they didn't have these type of names. I had Lewis House, I had Pat Flynn. I had like million dollars worth of game, like all the biggest podcasters in the world. When they heard of Clubhouse, they were in this room, and, and and I got I got the screenshots, I got I got everything to show you. But they were there, and they were because I brought them on stage, you know. But that wasn't happening in the other Clubhouse rooms. But that goes to show you if you had that replay option, go back and listen to it. You know, hmm. Oh, that is Lewis House. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and and that was. I think that was clubhouses the, the driving force of their growth was that, you know, you had access, you know, all of a sudden, Evan Carmichael jumps in a room, uh, yeah. you know, some of these Ed Milet jumps in a room and oh, Ed, Ed Milet ain't
1: gonna jump on it though. Ed <laughs> Milet ain't gonna do it. Like like, 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 like I, I have personally sent him invites. I know other influencers who have personally sent him invites, and I've heard him say that he did not want to do it because he didn't want to become too uh, accessible, was his words.
0: <laughs> well, and, and I think that accessibility <laughs> has changed, right? Like it's it's yeah. definitely not what it was in the beginning. Yeah. Doing it. <laughs> and else is doing it everybody else is doing it everybody else doing it that's that's awesome so have you gotten back to 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 visiting guests and doing your podcast recording
1: yeah man uh, I just uh recently what I, what I do now what I've been doing recently is that I, I've done a lot of interviews that haven't came out yet that are going to come out and I've interviewed people and then as the world was clearing up as I'm traveling I'm actually physically meeting them um, and, and so that's leading on to more conversations, more behind the scenes. So it'll be a mixture of virtual, but then they'll kind of show you me actually with them. Um, I've been doing that a lot lately. Um, I interviewed uh, Ryan Blair, New York Times bestselling author. I was just at his house in uh, Hollywood Hills uh, two weeks ago. Um, and so you're going to see a lot more of that. But I think, as, a, but what I think, one thing I do appreciate though is how much more uh, acceptable it is to do virtuals. There was a time where prior to COVID, where like you were doing virtuals, they weren't really trying to fool with you like that. Like you would get a little traction, but you weren't getting like the massiveness. And I think with COVID happens, this became the new norm. And I think that was one of the best things ever.
0: Well, and it's so it's so powerful. Obviously, you know, I'm in Colorado, you're in North Carolina. Yeah. I did an interview for a couple in Arizona that that I don't know if I've ever would have been able to, to have that conversation with them if if this wasn't. You know the new norm. norm. Yeah, and so, and in fact, now I've done I've done Australia and New Zealand, and there's no way we're making that flight for a podcast.
1: We ain't doing that. We're not doing that. that.
0: 24 hour flying around the world to get an hour. We're taking a little four
1: hour flight. We ain't taking all that. ain't doing all that? (laughs) Well, even North Carolina to LA, that's still a long, that's yeah, a that's long time. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I mean, if you got a layover, you're looking at about six hours. Yeah, you, you can listen. But my let you go? Am my let you go? You're going to do it. Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, there, there's, you know, I got my top 100 list and probably the top 20. I'd fly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, that's how it should be. Yeah. You know, that's how it should be. Like, literally, literally when I started the podcast um, in June of 2018, I got in, um, I let in episode 42. And before like, he was like top five on my, on my list, it like, was like top five. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. We will be right back after this short break.
1: This episode is
0: sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noel L. Peterson, available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So obviously school's over now. What, you know, can your, your goal is still to, to answer that question, right? To help people have a place to go. Um, How how do you help people find their purpose?
1: Yeah, I I think people got to follow the passion, they gotta follow what 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 would they do if they weren't getting paid? Like what we're doing right now. I mean, you talking? I do this all day, All right, Like, 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 like what were you what were you doing <laughs> that that you would do if you weren't getting paid? You know, and, and follow that passion and figure out how can you turn that into revenue. And then also, also, where can you be who you truly are supposed to be, and, and, and allow for yourself to be accepted by those who have been waiting for you. You know, like so many times you you, you you go into rooms and that's why people like me. Like so many times you go into rooms and you co-switch. I was in L.A. and this is like 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 top notch studio equipment. It's like uh, it's like a huge show that's going to come out and everyone's like dressed in like suits and ties. And here I am in a, uh, uh, a hoodie, sweatpants, some fresh shoes on, just chilling. It's being me. But everyone's attracted to it. You know, so so where can you go? Where you can be your natural self, be accepted, follow your passion, and do it if you weren't getting paid. And I think you're 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 going to get really close to that.
0: Yeah, oh, I like that, and, and and the idea that you can't generate revenue from from a passion. You know, obviously, it, it takes creativity to figure out you know revenue. Um, yeah. How how did you start monetizing your podcast? What how did yeah. that come about?
1: Multiple ways, man. The first way I did it was really becoming my own infomercial. People always say, "Oh, go get a sponsor, 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 sponsor." I'm not about to be yelling at the top of my lungs about Charmin toilet tissue if I don't really <laughs> like it. Like, like it doesn't make sense, right? You're gonna, if anything, like Sean, shut up about talking about Charmin toilet tissue. Get to the episode. I, I became my own infomercial. So what I did was, I noticed people were attracted to how I was maneuvering, how I was learning this how I was connecting with people. That turned into eBooks, That turned into, you know, uh, podcast scripts. They land any guests you want. That turned into one-on-one coaching. That turned into private communities. You know, that's where I really, you know, how I really got into the revenue spot and was able to, like, leave those jobs and be full on with this thing. And then even at that case, I'm always still constantly looking at new ways to reinvent the wheel.
0: Nice. So let's talk about, we talked a little bit about when you're hosting parties and, and being able to stay on the good side, right? And avoid, avoid all the nonsense.
1: Yeah, the streets.
0: Yeah. <laughs> how, <laughs> how important has character been as an entrepreneur, as, as, as a podcaster, as an
1: influencer? Oh, so the more thing, man, you want to know what, like you want to be, you want to be respected at the same time you want to be liked to the point where you're not there, people speak highly of you. You know, it, I think I think that's important, right? You never want to burn any bridges, but at the same time, you want to also be, you know, communicating at a high level, you know, treating everybody with respect. And then when you're in a room, realize that you're, you're worthy of being in a room and at the same time realize you got something to bring too. you know, like you have something to offer too, And I think that's important when in terms of, of character uh, not shrinking when the light is on you, but also being who you're supposed to be.
0: Well, and you mentioned authenticity, right? And, and the value of, of getting to be, be be who you are. But let's talk about, obviously, not everybody's at that place um, with their character or their authentic self uh, that they fit in that room, right? So let's talk about growth. What You've you mentioned you know, you're you a student of the game, right? Mm-hmm. You, you said that pretty repeatedly. Yeah. How do you help people be a student of the game to grow grow themselves? So that they can sit in a room with Ed Milet, they can sit in a room with Sean Anthony and hang out and and, yeah. and feel like that, you know, they deserve to be there.
1: Yeah, I think I think it, it becomes one. Like, how, how much time are you putting into it? You know, uh, someone asked me uh, recently, they said, you know, hey, how do you prepare for interviews? And here's the funny thing. It's gonna make you laugh, man. For the first hundred episodes, I never prepared for anybody except for one person. You know, and that one person was Matthew Knowles because I've seen past interviews of it going left. Like you know, at some point, he's gonna get tired of talking about Beyonce. So I've, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it go left. That's the only one I have ever done anything for. But but now, you know, there's a reason behind that, though. It wasn't because I, it wasn't because they weren't worthy, or it wasn't because you know I didn't want to do it at that particular time. I was so focused on the podcasting was a side hustle at that time to me. You know, A side hustle. that I was trying to make a main hustle. You know, it wasn't until I was able to fully go all the way in, you know, and build, you know, enough leverage to say, you know what, I'm going to take this seriously. Well, I was able to study, you know, and and I was able to kind of like, you know, study, you know, I recently listened to an Oprah Winfrey interview from 1993 with Michael Jackson, his first interview after 14 years. Do you know how much game she gave away in that interview? She had Michael Jackson moonwalking and singing. She even asked the guy, "Does does he know he's black? Like, like it takes it takes a skill set on that, you know. It even asked him about is he a virgin and his first, like, like it takes it takes a skill set to do that with such a high level person, and it gets respected, you know. And and now if you if you listen to like the last ten episodes of the podcast, you might have noticed that oh, Sean's interview style is changing. Oh, he got them on their feet because I'm learning. I'm, I'm a student of the game, you know? So like, find where, where can you learn, you know, whether you're a podcaster or whether you're an athlete or whether you're a cook or whether you're a barber, you got to spend some time studying the craft and that's going to help you uh, with anything else you're trying to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So good. All right. I want, I want to switch it up for just a few minutes. What, uh, let's, let's talk a bit about your family. Uh, what, what do you love to do in your free time?
1: oh man we we um well it's so funny i think kids like i have three kids i think they sometimes you know they're they're, they're like mini yous but you get to like relive your childhood with them you know so man i don't we don't watch every single mighty Morphin power ranger there is i'm seeing new rangers the other day uh they watch netflix a lot and they went through all of them mighty Morphin beast mode whatever what there's so many of them now right and we were watching one of them and was, I think it was the last Rangers. They might've either the beast mode or something. And they had this one episode where they kind of like brought back all the old Rangers. And it was, the, to me, I was like a kid of that moment. I'm like, yo, there's Tommy. There's Tommy. Like, like I grew up watching Tommy. Tommy's like 40 some years old now. <laughs> coming back on the screen going like this. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. You know? Um, so he watch a lot of Netflix. They love power Rangers. They love, um, uh, what's thing They love uh, Coco Melon, depending on who it is. Uh, Coco Melon is a uh, a babysitter. Coco Melon can babysit your kids <laughs> and if they, if they, if they won't crawl or fall. You play Coco Melon, you could potentially leave the room. <laughs> That's how good Coco Melon is. Um, but we do a lot of that. And then outside of that, uh, we, we just we, we have like a little small things we like doing. You know, whether it's like getting a coffee from a favorite coffee spot or, uh, you know, certain TV shows, you know, that's pretty much all we do. Relax, and try to make the most out of time.
0: Nice. So what was your most memorable date with your wife?
1: Ah, man, no one's ever asked me that question. She was like, oh, she loves this guy. Uh, most memorable date. Ah oh, man, most remember. Well, I I like artists and I like I like rap music, and I remember for my anniversary she took me to, uh, to see Jay Z when Jay Z was on tour, and that was iconic. So I was the ultimate fan. I was buying stuff I'd never wear again, like, like the hats, all those type of stuff. You know, how you go to some place you you're like, okay, let's get a souvenir. Um, yeah, I was just buying stuff. Uh, so <laughs> that was memorable. Um, uh, anytime we do that or anytime we do like an NBA game, that was always the best.
0: <laughs> nice. So then let's talk about what have been some of the challenges of, of raising a family and and being an entrepreneur.
1: Oh man, Uh, it depends on what day of the week you're talking about. (laughs) But, but for me, uh, like for challenges, one of the challenges I think is you got to figure out the the right time to turn the switch on and turn the switch off. So I'm still learning a lot. Um, One of the things that's, that's, that I try to do now implement in my structure is I try to handle all of my like business, all of my interviews, all of my coaching handle everything before they, they show back up. Right. (laughs) I look at it. The day is the day is roughly, roughly about five o'clock my day ends uh, because I'm trying to be fully present Whether we got to go get something to eat, whether we got to, you know, go somewhere else. I cut everything off. You know, there's moments where, you know, I'll do podcasting revealed on Mondays, but they're asleep, you know, but outside of that, I try to figure out that, I think that by far is it. One of the things I heard that might help somebody, I interviewed somebody uh, who who the episode will come out soon, a guy by the name of Tay Sweat. And Tay said he does this thing where he has fun. He has fun, but he'll have big fun. Like he'll say, okay, y'all, let's go on vacation. Okay, y'all, let's go on a yacht. Let's go have fun. But after that fun is over, Oh, he is in like preparation. Baltimore, I'll see y'all, I see y'all a little bit. Because what he, what, what he wants to do in that mode is he's saying, Listen, I'm gonna prioritize y'all so hard and have so much fun with y'all. You guys know when this is over, I gotta go make it. I gotta, I gotta go do my thing. And I thought that was a good idea. I was like, okay, that's a good one. Gotta try that. Absolutely. So then what's been
0: one of the blessings of raising a family as, as being an entrepreneur? Oh
1: man, the blessing is you have what all these people you look up to wish they had but you take it for granted so i've been around some of the most wealthiest people in the world i mean they are like millions on millions and and, and they don't have what you have and they don't have they don't have the family they don't have the they don't have a significant other they don't have any kids and they would if they if they could purchase it they would purchase it you know because of the day like no matter how much money they make we're all human and we all want some sense of love. So that, that to me was the biggest aha. When I got around all these rich, wealthy people and they wanted what you got. And you're like, shit, you're like, God throws you off. You know what I'm saying? But it, it goes to show you that what matters most in life is to be able to enjoy life with people who have either the last name as you or love you as much as you love them.
0: Hmm. That's so good. Obviously, your relationship um is strengthened by your parents relationship and and their example and so definitely glad that you're taking care of your family and and doing the right thing and recognizing right like there's a time to shut it off there's a time that I can plug into the family and then there's a time I can plug into that microphone <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you know what's crazy now when I think about it, like if you spit up like if you go have a lot of of crazy fun with your you know your family, you know, your husband, your wife, your kids, like you go have like some crazy amount of fun, like you have the biggest excuse in the world to go back and (laughs) go on. Like y'all just I just did all these vacations with y'all. I gotta go get it back, you know. So I I think and then here's the cool thing about it. You just created a memory for them, a moment for them. You know what I literally um last month I had did a six city tour with uh with one of my clients and then the, then the next month, I took my family to like this resort like it's like this private beach uh my daughter dancing while she's eating bacon lady bringing her uh orange juice you know for all that fun that was worth it you know so those little sort of things
0: absolutely
1: so you
0: mentioned Oprah and you mentioned her asking Michael Jackson if he knows he's black, which is yeah. an awesome question. Uh, you should have seen, <laughs> seen, seen how she
1: did it, though. she should have seen how she did it, though. She started with the skin, skin color, photographs of the skin changing, asking him what is going on, and then just like maneuvered it in there where it was like, oh. And he almost he had to defend himself. He, I am black. I know I'm black. I got a skin disorder from blah, blah, blah. But it was the way she did it, too, which was crazy. Nice. Obviously, you know diversity
0: and and you know racial things have been a, a big issue, especially these last couple of years um, and And for you, I know that was one of your driving forces was because you know you're hearing all these people podcasting, but none of them look like you yeah. i I think entrepreneurs are are going to be the solution to to so many cultural issues. Um, how can entrepreneurs be be a solution for this diversity?
1: Yeah, more collaborations, more collaborations, more working together. You know, like they're, they're, they're successful. I can name, you know, very successful black podcasters. I can, but but they're just black. You know what I mean by that is, I mean, they're, they're just sticking to that that market. Nothing's wrong with that, but they're just so strong in that market. That's all that really knows them, you know, but I think in order to fix like issues like you're talking about, people will need to see collaboration. They'll be able to know, okay, okay, it is cool. It is acceptable. Oh, we can learn from each other. Oh, we can work on projects together. Oh, I didn't know you existed. You do what? You know, and that's why I think it's so cool um, about podcasting. That's why I think it's so cool about the show that I'm running is I I am showing you everybody, every pigment, everything you can think of, but everyone's dope, everyone's learning, and everyone is successful, but they also are willing to teach. I think that is a huge key uh, to dividing the gap
0: yeah I think yeah closing that gap is I think it's important right as a as a culture we, we're all human and we all need to get back to to our humanness and, that, and I think our humanness really is helping each other and serving each other you know I love the language that you use and it obviously comes from your schools over and, and that idea of you know constant learning, learning from each other, you know still uh, learning the game and and being a student of the game even you know when you're teaching the game and recognizing that just all of those those languages that you use and then of course collaborating and creating opportunities that you know we're, we're all in this together
1: and mm-hmm. so we might
0: as well work together for everybody's good you know rather than creating you know complication putting up barriers putting up walls and and creating separation um, creating unity happens through collaboration so that's such a great word
1: it's cool that you recognize that, too, and, and caught that, man, because I remember even when I was, you know, corporate and doing all these promotions, every room I would get into, I was the only black guy there, you know, like, every room, you know, everyone was like, oh, okay, something's off. Okay, okay, something's off. Okay, 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 you know, but it's just realizing that and saying, you know what, I'm about to, I'm about to figure this thing out, put it all together, so it's cool. Well,
0: and... And you've chosen not to go alone right like i'm tired of being i'm tired of being the only black man in this room how do i get some other men in here, exactly.
1: women here? yeah <laughs> absolutely man and then, and then like and even in corporate spaces because i know it's still happening I'm, I'm not that far removed even even in, in, in corporate spaces it's like it, it's almost like a, a female and i never said this before out loud it's almost like a, a female uh, rapper analogy. I'm going to give you the female rapper analogy. The female rapper analogy is that there can only be one hot female that's a rapper that's on top of the world. There can never be like three or four of them. It's like, it's either Nicki Minaj or it's Cardi B. You got to pick one. And it's the same thing as it's like in the corporate world being a black person. It's like, oh, you like this black guy? ah, that black guy ain't going to be that guy. This is the black guy we're going to roll with. You know, it's the same thing, you know, but no one's putting it into that philosophy. I think the coolest thing about, you know, me now in this new world and where I'm headed to in the future is I now have the freedom to say whatever I want, you know, because I I used to be, it used to be like, I used to like do stuff and I used to be so like, okay, let me cross my my T's and dot my I's because there were people I had to report to, but I don't report to anybody anymore. So it's like, you really can say what you want and and really stand up on it, um, it, because at the end of the day, it's what everybody's thinking, you know. It's just how do, how do you articulate that where it's accepted? Well,
0: absolutely, and I and I think we need to be a culture that's empowering people, right, lifting lifting people up and and empowering those that have been disadvantaged, you know, women, minorities that that have been, you know, held back because they they weren't given a seat, they weren't given yeah. a voice. And so (laughs) I think entrepreneurs, especially podcasters now, we have the opportunity to 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 collaborate and and make a seat available. Um, And 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 of course, I think providing tools like your your whole system is giving these tools and and opportunities for for others to follow in your footsteps. Um, and, and build a business and and figure out, like you said, school's over. So now what, <laughs> you know, yeah, man, how are you going to make a difference in the world?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That's the key.
0: <clears throat> so obviously your niche, you know, you, you, you had a pretty specific niche. How did that help you in, in your marketing?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it made it more center. It made it more like, okay, this guy's helping in that. And like, you knew exactly when you say it out loud, you know exactly what you're getting. I think now the misconception is it though, and, and uh Dave Meltzer told me this one time when he interviewed me on his show Office Hours, that that it's bigger than that though. Because at the end of the day, in the, the day, it's like at the end of the day, it is no matter where you are in life, no matter you're 30 years removed from school, as far as when I say school, as far as like going to a classroom, school is never over. <laughs> like like you, like 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 you could like be, you can literally have a life changing lesson uh while driving in traffic and you've just been schooled it's only you to accept it right so school's never over you know so i i, I think but the, the the philosophy that education and learning is continued is is definitely what's helped me in my niche hmm.
0: well and and i appreciate yeah you you've mentioned that quite a bit right like you're a student of the game you're learning yeah you know at some points you're you're only one or two steps ahead of someone else but but you're still turning around and saying hey I'm only two steps ahead of you but here's what I know and, yeah. and let me share it with you so that you catch up uh, to where I am and obviously you know school's over had more to do with you know educational system but I think the learning that happens outside of that educational system is is so much you know more po- more powerful
1: right like yeah man or people might not even have graduated from the educational system and, and, and life taught them school you know like there's people i had on my show who ain't got no degrees <laughs> but they're big they're big you know aspect because they learned something some way that's gotten them to where they are
0: well and for many it's it's mindset issues right obviously you saw your brother making money and and you've been making money since you were 14 mm-hmm. in a way that that maybe you didn't wrestle with, you know, like the idea of poverty mindset and that you weren't worthy of of, mm-hmm. of success, but yeah. so many people are stuck in this, this mindset and our school system doesn't help them understand money. Uh, you know, they think it's this limited resource that if I take, you know, obviously, you know, Jeff Bezos has all the money and, and, and he's not sharing any of it. So there's none left <laughs> for the, there's none left for us, right. There's none left for the rest of us. How, how do you help people get, get through those those things that school didn't teach?
1: Yeah, you got to get around. Uh, it's usually an environment switch. And, and that environment leads to an exposure and you can see. You can't go reach for nothing you've never seen. You know, but the moment you see it, you know, it's possible. You know, at 14, you know, the way my brother and I was getting money is a lot different now. You know, back then they would open up a, a suitcase and there'd be money all in the suitcase. It looked crazy. There's like photos of it. It just looked crazy. You know, now, you know, they, they operate a little bit differently. You know what I'm saying? So, But but I saw it. If I didn't see it, I wouldn't think it was possible. You know, and I think right now, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with, you know, that in particular, you got to get around some places where you can see it. And maybe you need to be, you know, someone's, you know, someone's assistant or, or, or be, you know, someone that, that can help somebody in some aspect. Like, what can you help them with? You know, and I think that'll be key for you, just so you get that environment, and, and you can see what you're capable of. Mm. So
0: much power in in that inner circle, right? The, who you're who you're hanging around with, um, and obviously that that can lead to the same kind of positive energy, right? The the belief in 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 what you're doing. Um, I think that's the value of your clubhouse room. I think you know, you get a hundred people in in a room talking about you know how positive this can be and, and how uplifting this can be and, and how possible it is. Right. I mean, anybody can spend, you know, a few hundred dollars and, and be podcasting if
1: they yep. choose to. Yeah, and be, and be consistent with it too. I think that consistency is the key. Right. I, I think it's like, how can you clap for yourself when nobody else is clapping? And if you do that, then you, you're going to be pretty good.
0: That is a great quote. I'm stealing it.
1: <laughs>
0: How can you clap for yourself when nobody else is clapping?
1: Yeah. How can you do that? You, know, you, need you a, to do that. you need
0: a fan club for sure. Um, and I <laughs> I would I would tell anybody those those first 50 episodes, don't look at your numbers. because <laughs> you're, you're,
1: you're gonna get better, you know. You are gonna get you're gonna get better. Like if your skills get better, but alternate times though, it's like curiosity is what really makes the interview good. Like like, that's why I think I probably the first 100 episodes, I didn't really study anything because I didn't want to watch somebody else's stuff. And then the actually, you know, I'm asking the same questions. They just asked. <laughs> you know, like, like, so I didn't want to do that. I just want to be so uniquely curious that, that it was one of just unlock something for somebody. Mm,
0: that's so good. And it just requires listening, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to ask the question. And of course, that's I think that's one of the powers of, of being a coach is is being able to ask the right question and, and listen for the answer. And and I love that curiosity, right? Just, you know, I want to explore in this and and learn and not ask the same questions. I I started researching before I did uh, Travis Chappelle's interview and and it was only because the pressure of you know meeting and and you and a few others now. And I think the research has just helped me formulate better questions. And my goal is to ask questions that other, you know, that aren't being asked, right? And, Absolutely. and not, but not in the way like, you know, deep or profound, just, you know, like, hey, what do you do for fun, right? Like asking that question for me is, is I wanna, I wanna share that, hey, this is business, but there's still fun. There's still an element of, of, hey, I get to do something, you know, with my kids. And mm-hmm. hey, watching Power Rangers, that's, that's mm-hmm. awesome, right? Like somebody else is listening and, and, you know, they've heard the, Oh, don't watch Netflix. Turn your TV off. Throw the TV out. You can't be an entrepreneur and have a TV, right? <laughs> so, so I'm I talking about cool. every
1: episode of Power Rangers.
0: <laughs> so, so I think it's cool that you could share. You know, hey, we like Netflix, and I watch, you know, Power Rangers with my kids, and that's that's our thing, right? So, <laughs> and I think somebody's going to identify with that and and make a connection. And so I think that there's Absolutely, value man. in that for sure. So, what inspires
1: you, Sean? Uh, I mean, it inspires me now is that, you know, it's weird. And it's funny. I say that as I'm drinking this coffee. I think about the calories in it. I think, I think what inspires me now, man, is that I really want to see like, what's the best version of me looks like. Oh. I think, and I think anyone, I think anybody right now, like, yo, if you look in the mirror and you say to yourself yo, cause you, we see so much on the social media. We see so much, so many photos, but like, if you really look at, like, you really look at the mirror and you say to yourself, yo, I wonder what the best version of me looks like. Oh, that's a crazy thought. So then it's like, all right, let me get in shape. You know, now I'm getting up in the morning. I'm running on the treadmill. You know, I got the running shorts and everything, the hoodie. Man, you should see me. I like getting up in the darkness. I'm like Rocky Balboa. I'm like different now. Because I'm saying to myself, I wonder what the best version of me looks like. You know, because then one day I'm going to meet him. You know, but that also is an aspect of your life, how you treat people, how you you see people, how you move, how you talk, like in, in your interview style, the connections you make. I, right now, I'm on a quest to see what the best version of me looks like.
0: Man, that is so good. Because it, it, it affects you in every area, right?
1: Every area, what, man. What does the
0: best father of me look like? You know, What does the best me as a dad look like? What does the best me as a husband look like? Yep. Whew. Man, my wife every wants area. to meet that guy, right?
1: <laughs> I want to meet him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to meet him. Like, I, 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 can, I can run through a wall just thinking about that. Because so many people die, man, and they never know what the best version of them look like. They died overweight. They died. They died not feeling good in their body. They died not loving certain people. Like, like I don't want to be that guy, man. I really want to know. I want to look in the mirror and say, "Damn, <laughs> that, that's how I want to be, man." That's how. When well, they died, be.
0: and they died thinking they were victims, right? They didn't have yeah. any control over it. Yeah. It's all the world's fault. It's yeah. it's my parents' fault. It's my dad's fault. It's everybody else's fault. So. I, I think one thing that happens successful entrepreneurs take responsibility they've got a hundred percent ownership over what they're doing and and who they're becoming and, and i i think that is a great question to challenge yourself right what what is the best version of me look like and and when do i get to meet that guy
1: yeah man that, that, that that's it that's what inspires me now that's that's it Can you asked me you were ask me that like i was so blind i like 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 when, when it comes to like like really leveling up. I was so blind by being so involved with working at a job and trying to balance out the two. Like that that I'm not, like I'm I'm way more clear than I ever been, man. I'm reading, I'm reading books I should have probably should have been read. I'm writing down things I probably should have been wrote down. And I'm I'm just so excited to kind of see what that version looks like. I know what I mean, I'll know when I see them. I'll know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's it. Said, well, because your wife and kids are
0: going to tell you this is awesome, right? Like, Oh yeah, they
1: kind of yeah, yeah, they are. They, they see it already, but but yeah, in all, in all aspects. Yes, you you're right. But like, who is this guy? You know what I'm saying? Like like you know what I'm saying? Like I changed my whole routine and like who who are you doing this for? I'm doing this for me. I, I'm trying to see what I, what this looks like. That's so
0: good. Well, and and what's really great about it is this just that idea that man, if I get better and better every day, how awesome! Mm-hmm. How awesome will our life and relationship and family
1: be? No, it's gonna be crazy, man. That's gonna be crazy, man. How how good would it be just to feel like how good it's gonna feel? You know, your body like it's just, it's just crazy.
0: That's awesome. All right, so what is Sean's big dream?
1: Uh, i my mean, a big dream, man. Um, it's impact. I think it's just. I think it's his impact. You know, it's really it's really impact and and running my own race. You know, like social media is cool and all. We all have to be up there. We all got to keep putting out things and inspiring. But sometimes you get caught up looking at at other people in your race. Right. Like, 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 like that ain't it. You know, I I think my dream is just because everybody's dream is different. Everyone's put out here for a different reason. Mm. And you just want to see what it looks like. And I think that that's it running my own race.
0: That's so good. All right. So I end every episode just by asking. You've been sitting across from a young entrepreneur who's, who's just getting, getting started on their entrepreneurial journey, what are Sean's words of wisdom that you're going to leave uh, him with?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I say that in every podcast, and that's dream it, believe it, go out and get it, right? You got to dream, go chase that dream, but you got to believe in yourself because there's going to be a lot of naysayers, a lot of people who think you shouldn't even be doing it, but you got to believe that you should be, and then you just got to go out here and do it, make it happen, make things work, make those connections, and really go out here and be an impact and make a change.
0: Sean, thank you so much for taking the time today to hang out with me and just appreciate your wisdom and just really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate you.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast And we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com In our next episode, Justin Brady and Robert discuss the lessons in failure. Failure is our friend when you know you are failing and are intentional about using the lesson to improve. You have to set goals so you know where you are failing. It doesn't take much. 90% of the people are going through the motions. 5% do what they say and 5% are truly great. You simply need to start being intentional and do what you say.